Welcome to Shatterproof. I am your host, Todd Callahan. You can connect with me on Instagram at Pastor Todd Callahan. You can download our app on your Google Play Store and in your App Store by searching Ignite Church VT, or you can connect with us online at IgniteChurchVT.com. Listen, share this episode, share this podcast. You don't want to miss this conversation today. It's going to be incredible. So much happening in our culture, so much happening around this nation and throughout the world as we put our eyes on Ukraine and Russia and everything that's happening over there. Uh, You know, I don't know about you, but it just seems like COVID just kind of disappeared. It just kind of fell off the face of the earth. The news stopped talking about it. Uh, Social media quit uh, broadcasting all of their propaganda and putting all their narratives out there and and, uh, all kinds of things all of a sudden began to shift. And um, while we are looking at what's taking place around the world, let's not forget what's happening here in this nation. I'll talk about Russia and Ukraine in just a minute. But, you know, I've talked to so many people over the last several months, between the last, you know, six and eight months, saying things like, how do you pray for a corrupt government? How do you pray for a president who you very much dislike (laughs) How do you pray for a vice president that you can't stand? How do you pray for Congress when, you know, you feel Congress is corrupt and Congress is bought and Congress is purchased by, by special interests and by, you know, the Rothschild, the likes of the Rothschilds and the, the, um, uh, you know, all of the, the, the power hungry and the money hungry people like George Soros. I mean, how do you pray for people like that? And listen, folks, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's very difficult to pray, as we're commanded to in the word, for people who we feel are corrupt, who we feel are manipulating um, uh, for their own interests and for their own financial gain and desires. It's very difficult to pray for people like that. But yet we're called to do so. We're called to pray for them. We're called to intercede on behalf of, of this nation so that God would hear our prayers that God would, would hear the humility in, in, the, in the hearts and lives of his people, and he would reach down and heal this land. And I believe there's a great awakening. There's a great move of God's spirit and God's presence coming to this nation in a great way. You know, I was, I was um, uh, talking with someone the other day who said, man, I, I got people who are just saying this is God's judgment upon America, and God is damning America because of everything that America's done, because of abortion, because of um, 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 racial issues and things like that. And, and, you know, I, I hear what they're saying, but I believe that God is setting us up for the greatest move of God that in modern day history, greatest move of God that we've ever seen in modern day history, that there will be books written about what's happening right now and the awakening that's about to take place. I truly believe it. I don't believe that, that, that God is, is, is intentionally causing harm to this nation. Sin brought that on. We don't need, we don't need any, other, any other activity. Sin has taken care of that all by itself. But as the people of God, we've got to fight for truth. We've got to fight for righteousness. And we've got to fight for the, for the rule and reign of God's kingdom on the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So today you wake up, right? And you, you maybe are driving to work or you have, um, you know, been driving around this weekend and you've had to pay some exuberant uh, gas prices. Well, you know, according to, according, according to some in this corrupt administration that this is all Russia's fault. Now, if, now I'm not a, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, don't label me as a Trumpster. Don't label me as someone who just sits here and touts Trump left and right. Um, you know, I, I believe in people who stand for freedom, truth, righteousness, um, and, and allow Americans to live their lives according to their own convictions, their own values, and their own morals. I don't believe um, in any one specific person. I believe in the truth that we are supposed to carry collectively as the people of God, as a nation, as a country. And if, listen, if you support freedoms and you support our constitutional rights and our constitutional values, you and I are going to do fine together. So I'm not just, you know, I'm not touting Trump. I'm not touting that administration. But, but when, when 
Trump left office, gas prices were, I believe, $1.80 or $1.82, $1.83. As soon as Trump leaves office, Joe Biden shuts down the Keystone Pipeline. Do you remember that? It was was an executive order, uh, one of the hundred and something that Joe Biden, uh, executive orders Joe Biden signed, and it was to shut down the Keystone Pipeline. There were uh, thousands upon thousands of jobs that were lost. We are no longer um, able to produce oil in that pipeline to, to uh, bring um, additional um, um, independence, energy independence to America. It leaves us dependent on Iran, um, those countries in the Middle East that we receive oil from, Russia. Um, it continues to leave us dependent on those people. So as soon as Joe Biden gets in office, all of a sudden gas prices, little by little, continue to move up. They continue to, to spike. And we've hit a place right now. When I was in on my way into uh, the church office today, I passed several gas stations and the prices were between 440 and 443 a gallon. Now, I don't know about you, um, but I'm missing some mean tweets right now. I'm missing some vulgarity in, 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 the, <laughs> in the tweets of our former president, who even though may not have been polished on the outside, with a lot of what he said, at least he knew how to operate in a place that supported individual liberty and freedom for Americans in the country uh, that, that he lives in, the country in which he swore an oath to, not only to protect our borders, but to, to secure the financial um, independence and the freedom uh, that we need to operate in in this nation. So gas prices are over a dollar, I'm sorry, $130 a barrel right now and continue to go up. Now, when my wife and I got married back in 1999, I remember paying 95 cents a gallon for gas. Now, if you if you are prior to 1970 and you were born before, you know, in, in the 50s and 60s, you you remember much much cheaper gas. So I remember it, you know, getting married and 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 you know filling up my little Honda Accord on the way, you know, driving to our honeymoon and and paying 95 cents a gallon for gas. That just you know it seems so far fetched. You know, we'll probably never ever see that again uh, in American history. Um, but you know, Peter Ducey from Fox News asked Jen Psaki this week about um, whether or not President Biden should reverse his executive order and reopen the Keystone Pipeline. And this was her reaction. Would President Biden ever undo his executive order that stopped the construction of the Keystone XL Pipeline? Are you suggesting that would solve the gas prices issue? Well, do you think that that would maybe affect prices faster than getting the whole country off of fossil fuels? I actually don't think it would. Uh, The Keystone uh, was not an oil field. It's a pipeline. Also, the oil is continuing to flow in just through other means. So it actually would have nothing to do with the current supply imbalance. So the oil is flowing in through other means. I mean, this administration is practically comical. These guys are, are absolutely insane. So it's trickling in. It's coming in through other means, other countries, other vessels bringing oil to this nation. It sounds like to me like Joe Biden has a little backdoor deal with Russia. Uh, well, you, you know, he, he's already met with the president of, of Venezuela. He's already had conversations with um, that president discussing um, all of the, the oil options and, and the way in which we're going to um, uh, receive our oil. He's already doing that. You know, so we've got places in, in California. Um, I saw on the news yesterday that we've got places in California that are above $6. I mean, closer to $7 than anything. And these politicians just completely ignore what's happening. They just act as if none of this stuff exists. You know, well, I guess when you don't have to worry about paying for gas and you can just slip in the, the, the government credit card uh, into, into uh, the gas pump and, and just live off the, the um, sacrifices of a nation, I guess to you it doesn't really matter what the gas prices are. But when we've got an administration that's having secret meetings uh, talking about uh, oil production with the Venezuela president, uh, Maduro, uh, that's that's a concern for me. Concern for me as an American? Concern for me as a consumer? But many of these politicians, they're they're, they're covering up so many things behind the scenes while Ukraine and Russia is, is taking precedence in the media. So now we're going to be paying 
25 to $35 more. Every time we fill up, now I've, I've got a, I've got a, a Ford F-150 Lariat with, a, with an extended gas tank, a, a big gas tank. It's going to cost me about $150 to fill that thing up right now at $440 a gallon. I've got a Ford, Must, uh, Ford Mustang uh, GT500 that you got to put premium gas in. Now I'm going to have to pay close to $5 a gallon to fill that Mustang up to drive. But Jen Psaki and Joe Biden will turn around and say the economy is doing great. I don't know about you, but I don't really like paying $8 for bacon at the grocery store either. And that's not even the good stuff. You're going to pay almost $10 a gallon for the organic uh, cuts of bacon. You want Oscar Mayer and all that, you know, stuff that's got all the nitrates in it. You're still going to pay $8 for a pack of bacon, but the economy is doing great. If you look back 12 months ago, we were in a different place, 16 to 18 months ago, we were in a different place, totally different place. And yet these people want to use Ukraine and Russia as the propaganda tool to cover up everything that's being done behind the scenes. And listen, when, when you, I don't know if you've noticed this before, but anytime Democrats get in office, now you can say, pastor, you shouldn't be talking about, you know, sides and politics and all this other stuff. Well, that's the problem is the church has been silent on all of this stuff. And we've stayed out of politics for far too long. I'm not that guy. I'm not that pastor. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to, 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 uh, speak into what I see as corruption, as, as a pastor, as a leader in, in, in a region. I believe it's important that we have these conversations. I believe it's important that we tackle these tough conversations. I believe that it's important that we fight for freedom. You know, um, uh, when, when COVID hit, uh, you know, people were saying, well, church just should, uh, should pray for their government and do what their government's asking them to do. How did that work out for so many people? How did that work out for so many pastors that closed? You know how many churches lost their congregations and were unable to open because they closed in 2020? I remember Dr. Rodney Howard Brown came to our church to speak in 2019, and, and um, uh, we went out to breakfast the next, the next morning after the meeting, and, and he said uh, in, his, um, in, in his deep voice with his heavy uh, South African accent, he said, Pastor, I need you to take this phone number. And he gave me a phone number of, of, of his attorney, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, couple, um, JC and Chris Ann Hall, just amazing people. But he gave me Chris Ann's phone number, and he said, I just feel in my spirit you're going to need this phone number. You're going to need this contact. And I, you know, was like, okay, well, we already have legal representation. He said, no, you're going to need her specifically. And I said, okay. So I took her, I took her phone number and, and, um, you know, just kind of kept it in my back pocket and didn't really think too much of it. Well, here comes 2020 and COVID comes around. And now we're being pressured as a, as a church. I'm being pressured as a pastor to close the doors of our church at the beckoning and petitioning and mandating of local government. All of a sudden, I need a constitutional attorney. And by the way, um, in, in spite of what you may see or hear on social media, Chris Ann Hall is one of the greatest constitutional attorneys that you'll ever meet, that you'll ever listen to. I encourage you to check out her social media pages. Uh, uh, check out Liberty First, um, and, and you can connect with everything that, that she and JC are doing. She's being attacked right now from all different sides of social media um, throughout the nation, saying that she's not a constitutional attorney. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Listen, anytime you begin to speak truth in the face of darkness and, and resistance. There are going, going to be people that are going to attack your gift, your talent, your anointing, and the mandate that God has for your life to try to demean every ounce of power that God's giving you to make an impact. We took hit in the media. Pastors were coming at me. The health department, the governor's office were all coming at me. We had to, had to stand strong with truth and righteousness. You as an American, you as a Christian, you as a believer right now cannot cave to the political pressure and all of the noise that's happening in this culture right now. You know, even as you look at this whole Ukraine and Russia thing, you know, Ukraine seems to be more worried about the propaganda war, but not much about what's happening on the ground. Ukraine's doing a great job at propaganda. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying one thing or the other. I'm just making observations. And what's happening in Ukraine is just, it, it, it's, it's horrific. Seeing, seeing all of these people killed in these, these residential areas bombed and, and, and you know, children dying and, and families dying, innocent people dying at, at the invasion of Russia. But at the same time, why is Putin not sending in all of his power if he really wanted Ukraine? 
Why is he doing this incrementally? Why is he doing this on a, on a much smaller scale than what he truly could be doing? All of those things, you know, kind of make you raise your eyebrow and question what's happening. And listen, if you, if you blindly listen to everything that you see on the news, then you're not thinking critically. You've got to allow yourself to make perceptions based on what you see, what you read, and the research that you are doing to draw your own conclusions and not just sitting here and listening to what some political pundit on Fox News, CNN, or MSNBC has to say. I don't know about you, but there's a whole lot of people I don't truly trust right now because you got people like MSNBC's Joy Reid sitting there saying that the world's paying attention to Ukraine because it's white and it's Christian. People like that do not even deserve a spot on any network whatsoever. Joy Reid is probably one of the biggest um, proponents of racism I've ever seen in my life. You talk about making it, it's difficult to pray for the president, the vice president in and, and Congress. You know, it's difficult to pray for people like Joy Reid. But you know what, folks? We've got to pray for people like that who are lost, who are caught in deception, who are rooted in evil. We've got to pray for them. We've got to pray for people, you know, like, like those ladies on The View. We've got to pray for people like that. They are lost. They are, they are confused by everything that's happening in culture right now. They believe they're speaking truth, but they're not. They think they're speaking truth because they don't understand what truth is. As believers, we've got the word of God, which is our instruction manual for life, which is telling the product that God created, which is you and me, how to function, how to operate, how to live life, and how to live it with fulfillment and joy. Most people on the earth that are not walking with God don't understand that. So it's very difficult to pray for people like Joy Reid. For, for, for Kamala Harris, for, for President Joe Biden. It's very difficult to pray for these people when you feel as though there, there's corruption, there are backhanded ideologies that are there to destroy the freedoms that we experience here in America and, and, and around this nation in, in so many different ways. So it's important that we continue to pray for them because obedience brings favor with God and man. Obedience will bring favor with God and man. So we've got to make sure that we are obeying the word and praying for our leaders, even though we don't want to. Listen, this, this government is corrupt. Not praying for this government is not going to change anything. Praying for this government will change everything. We can't get so caught up with what we're seeing on social media and what we're seeing in the news that we forget to pray for our leaders. As difficult as it may be, as corrupt as they are, as, as, as hard out as they are to destroy the fundamental freedoms of this nation, we still have to pray for them. We still have to pray for them. If, if, if not, we're going to see all kinds of destruction happen within the framework that God wants to, to, to bring his church and his people into to bring about the greatest move of God on the face of the earth that we've ever seen. So even in the midst of all of this corruption that's happening all over the nation and throughout the world, you've got to remember that obedience will always bring favor with God and man. For instance, I mean, we're fighting a battle right now. I've told you in previous episodes that my wife is fighting for her job. And until she loses that job, I will refrain from uh, uh, many of the details. However, when she, if, if she loses this job, um, I'm going to do a specific um and, and, and um, intentional episode on the corruption, the deceit, the deception of one of the largest healthcare organizations and companies in the world. Um, the data, uh, I will discuss data. I will discuss the way in which um, that data was manipulated and used to push a certain agenda um, and the reason my wife is potentially losing her job and being fired is because she refuses to become vaccinated. We made that decision as a family. We did our own research along with legal counsel and those who uh, have expertise in certain biochemistry areas uh, who have looked into this with us and said, don't get it. We made our own convictions not to get it. That is our own conviction that God convicted our heart and our spirit if you got it, that's your conviction. You live with that decision just like we have to live with the decision to not be vaccinated. Unfortunately, because of how society is now set up, we are being treated subpar. We are being treated as some, some secondary class citizen. And now my wife is losing her job. Now, 
we have fought everything that we can fight. Human resources, of course, when you work for a major uh, corporation, um, you don't really get anywhere. Uh, the only thing you get with human resources is, well, it's policy. Well, it's policy. Even though you were not hired under these pretenses, policy has changed. And if you don't adhere to the policy that's now in place, you're going to lose your job. And my wife has received the largest bonus that she's received. She's just received the largest scores that she's ever received um, in the five years working for this organization, this company. And yet she loses her job. And losing her job impacts an entire region here in New England, all because she refuses to be vaccinated. Now, tell me these companies... All they care about is, is, you know, people say, well, they care about health care. They, they care about the health and well-being uh, of people. They could care less. They are in bed with somebody, with some government oversight. Well, they're under CMS, and the Supreme Court said that uh, those organiza- organizations under CMS um, can put these things in place, can put these policies in place. That doesn't mean that they're right. That doesn't mean that, that it's, it's, it's a good moral thing to do to force people and use coercion as a way in which to manipulate their values and, and their morality. They say, well, you have a choice. You have a choice to get the vaccine or not get the vaccine. Well, if I don't get the vaccine, I lose my job. Even though I bring, I help bring all kinds of resources and, 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 you know, you know, she brings all kinds of investment into this organization, into this company, because she has not caved and given in to receiving this vaccine, she's going to lose her job. And they're only going to give her a two week notice when they post the job or when they hire someone for the job. She gets a two week notice. We have no idea when they're going to post the job. We have no idea uh, how long it's going to take for them to hire someone for her position. We've fought it. We've sent the emails. We've even quoted the CEO of this organization talking about exclusiveness and making sure that we um, uh, include everyone, every thought, every value system, uh, that we're this and we're that. I mean, we're so virtuous. But yet, if you're a Christian, if you have certain values, if you have certain convictions, if they don't align with the CEO of this organization, you're going to lose your job. Sounds like a great place to work, doesn't it? So we're about to lose, you know, a major portion of our income and have to step out on faith by obeying the conviction that God put in our heart and put in our spirit. But I'm telling you, obedience brings favor with God and man. So while we don't know what God is doing on the backside of this, we know he's up to something. We know he's up to something. When I was being attacked by, by, by local politicians, by um, um, other pastors around the region during the, you know, during the COVID experience, saying that I was bringing um, all kinds of sickness and illness into the church and there was going to be blood on my hand. Listen, our church grew so much, we had to bring in more chairs and God grew our church during COVID while other churches were having to shut down and close, never to reopen because they caved to the political pressure and closed their doors during COVID. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't follow suit with autocratic mandates for vaccinations. I don't follow in line with, with these autocratic, tyrannical leaders who say, do this or we're going to fine you. Our church is located in Williston, Vermont, and Williston, Vermont, until March 22nd, still has a mask mandate. Even California Drops it mask, mask, uh, dropped its mask mandate. New York's dropped its mask mandate. But the little old town of Williston, Vermont, has a mask mandate until March 22nd. We've been kicked out of stores like Ulta. We've been scoffed at. We've been looked at. We've had the eye rolls, you know, because we walk in without a mask. It's my choice, just like it's your choice to wear one. We got an email from um, um, the school that our boys used to attend, Colchester High School in in Colchester, Vermont. And the email that came out uh, was letting parents know that they were now going to go to mask choice. What mask choice means is that um, because they believe 80% of the school is fully vaccinated, 80% of the high school is fully vaccinated, the state has now determined, the Department of Education has now determined, along with the state's health department, that students can now uh, remove their masks if they want to. Now, now here, here's the hypocritical, hilarious, insane statement that they made on there. They, they said something, I, I, I got the email somewhere, but they said something to the effect of, um, we need to not treat students differently who choose to continue to wear their masks over those who don't. 
We need to make sure that we respect the opinions and the decisions that other students make to continue wearing their masks. I mean, how hypocritical is, I was reading it and I looked at my wife and I said, is this for real? Am I really, truly reading what I'm reading right now? Because if you can go back uh, even 30 days prior to now, if you didn't want, want to wear a mask, you were sent to the office and or you were excluded or put in a different part of the school or you were sent home because you refused to do what they told you to do and there was a punishment for it. And now that they're telling students you don't have to wear a mask, it's your choice. Now they're telling all these other students, but don't, don't, don't treat these who, who want to wear a mask any differently. The hypocrisy throughout this entire thing is insane. And yet we have people who ignore it. I've got uh, friends of mine on social media that I've been in ministry with, that I've worshiped with, that I've spent um, um, time doing all kinds of kingdom building um, seasons with. And, 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 and they will sit there because they voted for Joe Biden. They voted for this administration. They say nothing about any of that stuff now. I mean, they still have their little COVID frame over their picture on Facebook. You know, they're sitting there talking about how um, uh, horrible Donald Trump is. They're sitting there making all kinds of uh, statements like pray for Ukraine, but they don't say anything about gas. They don't say anything about uh, transgenderism, except that we need to just love people and support their decisions and all that. I had someone attack me about transgenderism on Instagram the other day, and I responded by saying, I would be hypocritical as a pastor to sit here and say to somebody, it's okay that you believe you're a man when you're really when, when you're when you're when God created you to be a woman or it's okay for you to think that you're a woman when God created you as a man it would be hypocritical for me to sit there and say it's okay for you to do that I have to go and look at them I, we, I, listen we love them we have some in our church here at ignite church and I've talked to these individuals and said listen you can be here but you being here is not going to change what I preach you being here does not change how I address this congregation and impact the kingdom because God created you as a man or God created you as a woman. And I am not going to be a hypocrite and, and make it seem like it's okay that you've done this. I disagree wholeheartedly with the decisions that you made, but I love you in spite of it all. I'm not going to treat you differently, but I will refer to you as the gender in which God made you. And we've talked, I've talked about it with them for hours and hours and hours. And we've got to the point to where they respect me for who I am as a man of God, that I refuse to cave from the fundamental foundational principle of the way God created them and the way, the way that God has, has made them as a male or as a female. They understand that and they respect the fact that I'm unwilling to cave. You don't, you don't hear that conversation on the news. But I got an email from a message from somebody the other day, you know, freaking out on me on Instagram on a post that I, that I made, um, saying, you know, they're people too. You need to respect them and love them. I, I never said I didn't respect them. I never said I didn't love them. It's amazing how this generation thinks if you don't agree with everything somebody says or everything somebody does that you hate them. That's a lie of the enemy. That's a straight up lie of the enemy, total deception to distort the truth of the word of God. We're to pray for them and believe that God gets a hold of their heart and changes them from the inside out. But you do not have to agree, agree with everything that somebody says or does. You can have a conviction against it. You can have a, a, a moral system that, that um, collides with that of somebody else and yet still value them as a person, still love them and treat them with honor and respect. I was at the grocery store just the other day and, and uh, there's a lady behind me. I mean, she was masked up to her eyeballs and, and she had a hat on, she had um, her glasses on and she had her mask up underneath her glasses. And I was finishing paying for my groceries and I just looked over at her and immediately just had, you know, compassion for her in my heart. And I looked at the cashier and I said, go ahead and bring her stuff up to, I want to, I want to pay for those for those items. And the lady looked at me and she was like, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. I got it. I got it. It's not a problem. I said, no, just let me bless you. I want to bless you. I really felt in my heart that I wanted to bless her. So she was just bewildered and dumbfounded and, and, um, purchased her groceries, walk away, walked away. And, and my son and I got in the, got in the truck and we were beginning to leave the uh, parking lot. And I, you know, I hear this horn honking and it's the, um, 
the older lady's husband who was driving their car and they rolled their windows down and he just hollered over at me and said, you know, thank you so much. We need more people, you know, like you. Thank you for being such a blessing. And then the, the lady shouted out that, you know, I made her year and she'll never forget that. You know, even though you may not agree with what people are doing externally with their life, you can still bless them and show them the love of Jesus without them even realizing and knowing what you're doing and who you are and what you represent. So you can have a conviction to not be vaccinated, but you may pay a, you you may pay, there may be consequences you're going to have to experience. You're going to have to pay for your, your decisions and the things that you do and the, the decisions you make. But you see, all these vaccine mandates violate our freedom of conscience as guaranteed by the U.S. Constitution. But you don't hear the politicians talking about that. The Supreme Court's given, given all of these organizations that fall under the CMS guide, uh, you know, they've given them the ability to discriminate against their employees and say, if you don't get vaccinated, you can lose your job. That's where we've come in this nation. How do you pray? How, you know, and look, look at my situation personally. And I'm talking very candidly with you on this on this podcast today. And I'm, uh, you know, it, it's just where we're at as a culture right now. Uh, I just want to be candid and 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 straight up, you know, with you as we as we dialogue on this podcast. But you know, think about my situation right now. How do I pray for the CEO of an organization? And and you know, I believe they're a Fortune 500 company. How do I pray for that organization and that major healthcare organization that that is telling my wife, if you don't get vaccinated, you're going to lose your job? Now that not just not just affects. Um, um, my wife and I and our family, it affects our tithe. It affects our, uh, you know, because we, we lose that income. Therefore we lose that tithe. It affects our ability to do certain things to impact the economy. It affects our ability to financially bless people in our life, financially bless our, you know, members of our family as well. So there are, you know, when you lose that income, there are other things that trickle down because of that. So how do you pray for a CEO who's corrupt? And when I, when I expose some of this stuff for you, if she ends up losing her job, um, when I expose some of this stuff for you, it's really going to blow your mind. Uh, there's been one individual from this company that my wife works for who has been on, uh, who has sat down with James O'Keefe and Project Veritas and exposed some things. And if we need to go down that route as well, we will. We will. We're not afraid to. They know that. And um, if we need to begin to do things to bring about that kind of change, then so be it. If we've got to expose corruption, we will expose the corruption. We're prepared to do that. And if anyone from her organization is listening to this podcast, we, we're, we're, yes, listen, we've got nothing else to lose. You can tell who you need to tell. You can ex, you know, go and expose what I've just said to anybody. It doesn't change our perspective. It doesn't change what we're going to do. We will expose the corruption and we will expose the coercion that's happening in this organization if she loses her job. There's all kinds of corruption in this nation and in these major companies that the government has allowed to manipulate course and, 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 and make determinations for people. And if they don't do what they're being told to do, they're going to lose their job. And the government stands behind it. You got Joe Biden touting millions of jobs, um, you know, coming to, you know, have, have, have come to America and millions of jobs have, have um, uh, in this last quarter have been taken up by Americans. Well, it, it's just those Americans who you crushed with your ridiculous policies over the past year or so that lost their jobs, whose companies were shut down, who businesses could not stay open. So they had to release and furlough their employees. It's just those people coming back to work finally after two years. And you want to sit here and make it seem like you just created jobs? Are you insane? So how is it that we, we begin to live forward in humanity and in culture and praying for these leaders who are corrupt, who are, who are walking in deception, who are walking in intentional manipulation? Listen, if you think this administration loves this nation you need to go back and take a look at the laws that they've, they've written and the laws that they've taken away. We don't even have our borders secured. And yet Joe Biden is sending Kamala Harris to, 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 to have discussions with Ukraine and, 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 and Russia. Why don't we fix our southern border and stop the influx of, of, of illegal immigration happening into this nation? I just saw a story where there was a boat with hundreds of Haitians off the coast of Florida. 
You've got, you've got uh, people from South America and Me- Mexico coming across the border uh, into the nation. And we just sit there and we just act as if nothing. Romans 13, 1 says, every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. themselves. Now, during the past two years, even had this conversation with someone the other day, because they were like, you know, pastor, I mean, we, we've got to do what Romans 13 is telling us to do in this original context and everything should be spoken in context. If you're, if you're, if you're dialoguing outside of context, then, then, you know, you're just throwing all kinds of garbage into the conversation. But in this original context of Romans 13, Paul is speaking this to Christians who are enduring persecution in Rome during a time when there's a revolution rising and people are being brutally assaulted all over the empire. Now, we're not having Christians killed. We're not having people who are, uh, you know, uh, refusing vaccination or who are standing against government oppression and tyranny. You know, those people are not being killed. Um, Is it it too far-fetched? No, I don't think so. I, I think that we're at a place where government would essentially do anything right now to, you know, you know, to stop the, the furthering of, of governmental uh, dissonance. And I think that's why you got people like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and, and, and Jen Psaki and that whole administration who are so excited about these gas prices going up because uh, I forget who it was, but there was a, there was a government um, leader inside of this administration who said we were in the middle of an energy transition. They want gas prices high. They want to try to force everybody into to electric vehicles, into EVs, so that we are dependent upon electricity to power our vehicles. And then you know what kind of crisis we'll have? Then we're going to have an electricity crisis. Then we're going to have that kind of energy crisis. And then you know what? They're going to start shutting off power to certain sections of, 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 of states. They're going to start closing off power grids and shutting off this time and that time to, 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 to save energy because we're in an energy crisis now of electricity. And unfortunately, you won't be able to power your car anymore. And if you can't power your car, you can't go anywhere anymore. And if you can't go anywhere, we control you. We control when you can travel and when you can't travel. And if you think it's very far-fetched that they do that, then you are living under the covering and you're living under a rock of obscurity right now. Many of you didn't think that they would ever close churches. You didn't think that they would close schools. You didn't think that they would close um, uh, all of these, these, these places that you utilize on a regular basis and tell you to stay home, stay safe. And yet they did it. And many millions and millions of people complied. That was the tip of the iceberg. That was the test to see how far they could go. They want you on electric vehicles so they can get you dependent upon electricity so they can shut down power grids and close off electricity in seasons when they desire to do so. And then you can't travel and then you cannot live life freely as you are so uh, um, um, able to do according to our constitution. Don't live under a rock. Don't think that persecution for our rights and our freedoms and our, and our, and our fight of faith, don't think that that's incapable of happening in this country. So in this Romans 13, Paul is concerned about church members being arrested, tortured, and executed by the government. He doesn't want Christians disobeying every law in a revolutionary, rebellious way because of a misunderstanding of his teaching about the freedom in Christ. So Paul is suggesting that some sort of order is necessary for human beings to live harmoniously, but by no means is he saying that all law is perfect or that unjust laws have to be supported. So remember, it was Paul who was executed for violating Roman law. Listen, if you're going to stand against the government, if you're going to stand against law, there's a price that's going to be paid. So Paul was executed for violating Roman law, as was Jesus, right, before him, thousands of you know, Christians after him. But even in chapter 12, uh, uh, verse 10, Paul says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Authoritarian governments will always look at Christians and take chapter 13 out of context because we see in American history where this was abused in one instance was by the British government and loyalists who were opposed uh, to the American Revolution. Now think about that. And the same opposition was used against the Declaration of Independence. So we must see that the life of Jesus is one of freedom in Christ, not servitude to human powers. 
You don't serve Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. You do not serve the United States government. And all over the world right now, not just here in America, but all over the world, we are witnessing a rise of the strong man and brutal dictatorships from from small places like local city councils, mayors, governors, I mean, state leaders into the walls and halls of Washington, D.C. Even just north of where I'm at right now, you've you've got that authoritarian um, uh, dictator, Justin Trudeau up there in Canada, who has even outwardly spoken how he, how he, uh, you know, just so admires China for everything that China has put in place and how China, you know, um, uh, governs its people. That guy is a dictator. This is why they could not stand the trucker convoy. This is why they, they had to shut down streets. This is why they had to issue fines and arrest people who were being out at certain times of the day and certain times of the night because they did not want freedom represented in the way these people were, 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 were um, demonstrating freedom. You could get fined if you were honking your horn. I mean, folks, you can get fined for honking your horn. If you do not see the dictatorship in Canada with Justin Trudeau, who looks very much like Fidel Castro, I'll just drop that there. But we're seeing that brutal dictatorship begin to form in places like Canada. And as Americans, we can agree that there's no particular statement, law, or order of our government is such a bearer of God's will that its actions cannot be questioned. That's insane. This specific administration does not want anyone questioning anything that they do. Nothing. And if you question them, you are deemed a second-class citizen. You are deemed, uh, uh, you know, uh, they will label you racist. They'll label you homophobic. They will label you anti-American. Uh, they, they will label you all kinds of, of things that go against, you know, your value system because you disagree with them. When any official of, of any government will use Romans 13 in this way, then they claim divine authority in a way that's incompatible with our freedom in Christ and the proper function of a democracy. If it goes against the value system that God's word has substantiated in your life and the foundation upon which we as believers stand upon, then that value system that opposes the will of God must fall and must crumble. And you and I may be persecuted. You and I may be treated differently. You and I are going to pay the consequences for it. But we cannot let dictatorships that are being built in America, that are being built around the world, prohibit the freedom that we have in Jesus through Christ to be lived out. Look at the Germans in 1930. They weren't immoral or ignorant. Those were highly educated and they were diverse in population. Those guys went to church even in greater numbers probably than in America America today. And yet they allow the absolute unthinkable to happen to their Jewish neighbors. And the crazy reality is that the church stood by and ignored and cowardly were suppressed because they allowed government to define Romans 13 for them. Do not let government ever dictate your spiritual convictions. Much of Christian theology since that time has fought against the failure of of Christian institutions around the world to respond to such horrible and ungodly governmental authority. And it should be a concern to you and to me, no matter what your political affiliation is, when a member of government begins throwing Romans 13 into the conversation. Listen, let me, let me just explain something. God will not give you a kingdom principle or a kingdom law and then tell you to obey an earthly governing authority that speaks in opposition of God's law, which is supreme. If you obey a law from man that contradicts the law of God and of heaven, Does that mean it's okay to follow because it came from a governing authority on the earth and you think you're doing what Romans 13 is telling you to do? That is absolutely ludicrous. Absolutely insane. But yet this government that we have, whether you believe it was a legal, uh, a legal election, uh, a legitimate election or an illegitimate election, Joe Biden is sitting in the Oval Office right now. So can you pray for him? Can you pray for our vice president? Can you pray for Congress? 
can you pray for your local leaders? We're here in Vermont. We're, we're, we're having to pray against Proposition 5, which is allowing abortion all the way through the ninth month. Absolutely disgusting that we are legitimizing murder. We're legitimizing murder. Burlington, Vermont is about to be one of the only cities in America that has decriminalized prostitution. Not only is Burlington about to decriminalize prostitution, but what that's going to do is open the door to human trafficking. You're about to see children funneled and filtered through Vermont if this passes. And it probably will pass. Most likely it will pass because we've got a bunch of communists sitting on the Burlington City Council. We've got a communist as a mayor. You've got Bernie Sanders, a socialist, sitting down in his little old chair in Montpelier. You've got all these cronies who are hanging around with their special interests, wanting to see uh, the, the value system of this state and this region just crumble at their every scream and every whim. As Americans, we should be greatly concerned that some of the worst atrocities in our world have been falsely per, uh, you know, perpetrated in the name of Christ using the exact phrasing when we're, when we're referring to Romans 13. Well, what are you doing to help bring about change in, in America? Well, I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm doing what my, my, my government's telling me to do because that's what Romans 13 says. Well, how are you bringing change if you're just sitting here and you're a pawn in the hands of your government? Well, the Bible says that we're to uh, obey our, our government and our leaders as long as it doesn't supersede the law of God, as long as it doesn't supersede the law of the kingdom, as long as it doesn't go against your spiritual, righteous, and moral convictions. But if we allow any human government of any party or political influence to state that obedience to its laws and ordinances are the will of God, then we will stand under the judgment of history and of God. Listen, folks, you're not only a citizen of the United States, you are a citizen of heaven, first and foremost. You and I are called to occupy until he comes. You and I are called to be vigilant. You and I have been created to be critical thinkers and to rise up against any idols put before us by any human authority. Your dependence on government is not dependence. You have been little by little trained to put dependence upon the government. But that's not life. That's not how we, what we've been called to live. You do not answer to human authority. And because of that, our ultimate faith cannot be put in human authority either. But pastor, we're supposed to, we're supposed to submit. Submit in the Greek means orderly manner. In the same way in which it's used in Ephesians 5 too, you can go read that scripture encouraging husbands and wives to submit to one another and reflects God's desire for order and respect. There's no order in America right now. Everything happening in America is complete chaos, complete and utter destruction of rights and freedoms. And we just sit here as Americans, especially Christians, and just say, well, I'm just praying for my government. You'll pray, but stand and resist the oppression, the tyranny, the unrighteousness, and the, and, 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 the, and the desire to limit your freedom. Our local city council, I reached out to them before they implemented the mask mandate, and I said, I, I know you guys are about to bring this mask mandate to vote, but essentially because you're all commies sitting around your little fold-up white table um, uh, making decisions, health decisions for people. I said, I know you're going to pass this. And I'm letting you know that when you pass this mask mandate, our church will continue to operate in freedom and allow people's own personal convictions to determine whether or not they wear masks or not. And I, was, I just received one email from one of the individuals on the city council and said, thank you for your email. It's been received. And they, deci they, de they, they decided at the end of their vote, after they decided um, unanimously to implement a mask mandate uh, back in January, they decided to make an exemption for churches like they were giving us permission to not wear masks. <laughs> now, there's other churches in Williston, you know, in, in this town. There's, there's quite a few in Williston, Vermont. And it was if I went to battle and I went to fight for all of those other churches to help them who lack in the fortitude and the strength to stand on their own two feet, Many churches in this town um, caved and closed in 2020, and many pastors in this town um, let me know of their displeasure at the fact that we were open in 2020, that we were not closing in 2020-2021, that we've been open the entire time. And here I am still fighting for their rights and their freedoms. 
They wouldn't see it that way. But town council essentially said, we're going to put a little caveat into this bill that says we're going to, we're going to exempt churches from this mask mandate. And I, you know, I, I told our church, whether they had put that caveat in there or not, you still would have had the choice. You still get to make decisions for your health and well-being. So they went to renew it 30 days after, or 45 days after. They went to renew it 45 days after for another 30 days. And they decided to do the same thing. They, uh, this time, one of the members of our church who happens to live in this town went to that meeting and they, they knew that individual attended Ignite. So they, they asked that person to come to the table and they said, if we don't put this clause in this renewal bill, this, this renewal mandate, what will Ignite Church do? And she looked at them and said, laughing, uh, well, we're going, uh, our pastor is going to continue to do what he's done for the past two years and allow people to make the decision for themselves whether they want to wear a mask or not. Now, our church is probably 99% mask-free. There are, there, are, there are some that continue to wear it, but amongst the hundreds that are, that are in the sanctuary, you can look out and see just very few are wearing masks. And that's their choice. That's their decision. I'm not putting anybody down who chooses to wear that. I'm fighting for the freedom and the liberty for each individual person to make decisions based on their conscience, based on their convictions, based on the morality that they live in, that they live out of. I don't need five people sitting around some little fold-up table in a little tiny room making those decisions for me and for you. So this individual said, you know, well, Pastor Todd's just going to allow people to continue to make, make those decisions on their own. And they were just kind of like, yeah, we figured that. So they left the caveat in there. Again, they're making it seem as though they're giving me permission to not wear masks. What they don't want is they don't want the public fight because they know they lose. I, I got to be honest with you, you know, the, the fighter in me, the, the, you know, the one that's fighting for freedom, truth, and righteousness, uh, there was a little bit part of me that was a little upset when they first put this mandate in place and gave exemption to, <laughs> gave exemption to churches because I was ready to fight. You know, I was ready to say, you know, to go after it and to go after the mandate. Then they put the caveat in there, well, churches don't, you know, churches are going to be exempt. And there was a part of me that was like, come on, man, you know, don't, don't put that in there. You're not giving us permission, but you're taking... <laughs> You're taking some fight out of me because you're, you're, you know, you're not giving me something to resist um, as it relates to, to freedom inside of houses of worship. So anyway, we're waiting for that thing to expire. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they renewed it anyway. You know, we might be the last town in the country who's got a mask mandate. Who knows? But we'll keep fighting. We'll keep fighting for freedom. We'll keep fighting for truth. But, but folks, you, you've got to remember that you are in a fight for your freedoms right now. You're in a fight for freedom at the gas tank. You're in a fight for freedom at the grocery store. You're in a fight for freedom at the, at the ballot box. And I pray that conservatism can, can defeat liberalism. I pray that truth can defeat ungodliness and untruthfulness this November. Because if we're going to see America succeed in the coming years, America cannot take three more years of Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and this administration. We can't. We will not be as America as we know it when we get done with this. And I don't know the legitimacy of this past election, but I've got a lot of questions. I've got a lot of things that, as you probably do, that did not seem right. And you, you, You've got Republicans who are being told they cannot come in uh, while the ballots are being counted. Uh, you know, they're being kicked out of certain precincts. Um, and why is that not questioned? Why is that not brought to, a, to a, a legal place? Why is that allowed to happen? There's a lot of fraud that was taking place in this past election. It's been documented. There's video documentation of it. And, 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 and media just sweeps it under the rug. Congress just sweeps it under the rug. You've got people like Madison Cawthorn and Lauren Boebert and, and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and others like them that are trying to expose all of these things and put these things out there at the forefront. I'm so grateful for my friend Charlie Kirk, who's got millions of followers on his podcast. He's got such a voice to this nation. I believe God's going to do great things with him in the political, uh, the p- political framework of this nation in years to come. And, and I pray for he and Erica all the time. They're great friends, and we believe God's going to do great things with uh, uh, the, the doors that, that, that God has opened for them. I pray for you. I pray for all the people in our church. I pray for our region. I pray for our local leaders. I pray for our national leaders. I pray, pray for Congress all the time. And yes, I pray for our president and our vice president. And I pray for the leaders around the world. We cannot stop praying, but you cannot allow someone to use scripture to coerce you into complying with ungodly principles and ungodly laws that limit your freedom that God's given you 
the freedom in Christ, the freedom to worship, the freedom to live life according to your own convictions that God's given you, the freedom to operate out of the, the, the spiritual convictions that the Holy Spirit brings to your life. You cannot allow people to coerce you and, 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 and pin you against Scripture to manipulate and coerce you into falling in alignment falling in alignment with a corrupt government. You just can't let it happen. You've got to fight against that. Listen, we, we've come to a place in our nation right now, a very critical place in our nation where we've got to fight for truth. We've got to fight for righteousness. We've got corruption all over America. We've got corruption all throughout the world. We've got things happening all over this nation that we've got to fight for. There's a poll that came out recently that said more Republicans than Democrats would fight for, for the United States if, if we were invaded like Ukraine. Why is that? Why is it that we cannot fight together for truth and righteousness? Why is it that we can't fast for our nation? Why is it that we can't pray for our leaders? Pastor, you don't understand where I live. I'm paying, you know, $5 a gallon for gas. It's, it's, it, 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 this season will come and go. It's not going to be like this forever, but can you, can you stand for praying for your leaders? Can you bring yourself to a place of praying in the midst of corruption? This government, this nation, depends on people like you and me praying and interceding for the truth and the righteousness to prevail. We've got to. When you put order back in your life, then you take it and try to put order back in your home. Let your children see you praying and interceding and, 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 and doing things to bring a change spiritually while you're doing things physically to bring change. Then when it's in your home, you try and move that into your children, your grandchildren, and let that order become cross-generational. Teach your children how to pray when there's corruption. Teach your children how to believe the best is yet to come in the middle of chaos, in the middle of despair, in the middle of war happening around the world. Then when we take the things that we have control of and we begin to order the world that we influence and we impact, and when everybody takes this anointing that God's given you to order the world that they impact, all of a sudden you see glory start spreading at your job. I believe we're about to see a major awakening in America from coast to coast, from border to border. We're about to see a major shift, a mighty move of God in America. You are a city set on a hill. You are, you are salt and light. You're light in a dark place. You are like a yeast that is expanding. You're a mustard seed that is growing. You are a net that is multiplying. And what is in you? You've got to understand what is in you was never meant to be contained or determined by governmental authority. This thing is bigger than you. It's bigger than Joe Biden. It's bigger than government. It's bigger than politicians. It's bigger than gas prices. It's bigger than the price of food. What's happening right now is a spiritual war. You and I have been delivered so that we can deliver. What's the bondage that the world is held under? It's held under corruption. Every system that God instituted in the earth has been corrupted. All of them. The financial system is corrupted. Judicial systems are corrupted. Governmental systems are corrupted on every angle, every scale. Every system you can find in the earth, there's corruption. And it's waiting to be delivered. Who can bring it back? Who can put it back in order? The sons of God. Well, who are they and what defines them? Romans 8.14 tells you, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons of God. For the anxious longing. Romans 8, 19, for the anxious longing of creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For as many who are led, not those who are got saved, there's a difference. Those who are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. What are they going to do? Creation is waiting for the revealing of these sons of God. The create, for creation was subjected to futility because of him who subjected it. It's in bondage. Humanity, the world is in corruption and it's groaning like in the pains of childbirth, waiting on who? Waiting for people who do not walk after themselves, people who do not go into situations leaning on their own understanding, people who never go to anybody and give them a piece of their mind, rather they give them a piece of God's mind. We've got to bring 
God's mind into the corruption that we are seeing in America and around the world right now. It's time for us to stand. It's time for the people of God, the sons of God, the daughters of God, for the people of God need to rise and take their rightful place and fight for truth, fight for righteousness, fight against the corruption, fight against the disparity that's happening in this nation right now. You and I can bring the change. We've got to pray for our president. We've got to pray for our vice president. We've got to pray for Congress. But in doing so, we have to fight for freedom. We have to stand against the tyranny. We have to stand against the corruption and we must fight for truth and righteousness. This is a now moment. This is a now time for the church to rise. Pastors need to be talking about politics. We need to talk about the political landscape of this nation. We've got to encourage the saints of God to step out in boldness, to step out with truth, to step out in righteousness and go and attack spiritually what's happening around this world and not cave at the political pressure of corruption in our jobs, in politics, in the landscape and the formation of this country right now. We have to stand against what the enemy is trying to do to separate, minimize, and silence the voice of the people of God. Listen, you are powerful and strong in everything that God's called you to do. You're anointed for this season. You're anointed for this time. This is your moment. You were born for this season and time. You were born for this moment in history. Grab it by the horns. Do not let this season pass you by. Do not let this moment... uh, uh, run right by you while you are are, are are watching things play out in front of you. Get involved, get engaged, uh, become active in what is happening in the earth right now and let the kingdom of God within you be poured out. Listen, you are a world changer. You're a life changer. God has created you for this moment. Go and create change. And listen, pray for your government. Pray for your leaders. It's going to create a, a spiritual uh, uh, change all throughout this nation. Don't let the corruption that you see before your eyes prevent you from praying. I love you. Connect with me on Instagram at Pastor Todd Callahan. You can download our church app, Ignite Church VT. You can connect with us online at IgniteChurchVT.com. Share this podcast, share this episode. Listen, we're on the verge of the greatest move of God. Let's be a part of this thing together and see a dynamic shift happen all over the nation and throughout the world. I'll see you next time on another episode of Shatterproof.